0: This is Don Adams. Would you believe I'm back in my first movie? Would you believe me, Agent 86, is on the trail of a deadly ring of weirdos? Would you believe my agents and me are going to expose the enemy? Or is it vice versa? Well, believe See me, Don Adams, as Maxwell Smart. Sorry about that, Chief. In the nude bomb. Rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod Stallions. I am Brian, and with me to my left is the host of Plastic Soul on YouTube and the regular second chair of this podcast, Mr. Jason Lindsay.
0: Hey, Jason. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Hello, everyone. Nice to be back. I appreciate you making me a hyphenate.
1: A hyphenate?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm a a hyphenate. I, I host, I produce. Post-produce, voice, uh, rights you know know—I'm a hyphenate. Like you can put those hyphens in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Toy mogul.
1: That's true, actually. You've—you've you've made many an action figure,
0: sir. Oh yes. You should see my my castle, Grayskull-like mansion <laughs> that I had designed.
1: That's made out of plastic and is actually made quite of, terrible to live in.
0: Made out of polystyrene. Yeah, it's really hot
1: in the summer and
0: freezing in the winter. It has to be covered during the rains.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, the UV over the years has destroyed it pretty much. Yeah.
0: But yeah. Wait, it looks good from the outside.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you drive yeah. down the street.
1: Yeah. Uh, Every morning when you fall off the ledge, I'm pretty sure you're like, it looks badass outside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what keeps me going. Mm. Looking up from my fall, going, it still looks cool though. Still looks cool. Um, so, this is going to be a fun one. Um, this is oh, great. I wasn't
1: planning for fun at all.
0: Okay, well, let's, yeah. make, it, let's just I want, make it...
1: I would like this one to be a somber
0: one. Let's do only the somber, very yeah. special, Yes. very special episode versions of things,
1: like Blossom. The ones where the night courts where they end with no music, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Nash>. <laughs> you know. um, But you threw this at me, I think, the other day, and... Uh,
1: no, you it was actually I yeah, I threw the concept and then you threw it back to me, reinvented.
0: Ah, yes. Uh, that's yeah. what I I'm am a mixer that way. Mm. I'm an alchemist. I'm a podcast subject. Shaman,
1: of... Dreamweaver. Yeah.
0: hmm Dreamweaver. <laughs> <laughs> like Garth. That's,
1: that's exactly funny. where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> um so um this is an idea that um is more common than you'd think. I think most people think of these things and go, oh, I I think I remember that. But as you sort of delve into it, there's a lot more of it. And this is shows, TV shows, dramas, sitcoms that have been made into big feature films or small feature films or that have been reinvented as features. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miami Vice is a great example. Even the original co-creator of Miami Vice, uh, Michael Mann, did that well after the show. Um, but we're we're trying to we're thinking of more of the quirky. We we love we we embrace a lot of failure in this podcast. I believe we're big fans of things that don't quite work. There's I like, I love to be
1: a passenger on a train wreck.
0: Yeah, there's something about it that yeah that um I especially love it when all the, it's the there's two types I think sometimes all the ingredients are there to make it work and you end up with what the f- and then sometimes. It's a mess, and you end up with something fantastic. And I love, I love the behind-the-scenes stories of, of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we also like things that, you know, we're, we're fans of cult stuff. For God's sake, I think most people, the, the, the seven people that are listening, are fans of cult stuff too. And um, uh, love these things that just. <laughs> I think just by the very definition of listening to us, they love cult stuff. Right. Uh... <laughs> right. We're a cult. And, yeah. And, you know, things that only last six episodes or ten, or they made seven, and only aired uh, five or whatever. Um, And that's kind of where we're going with this. Uh, So, Brian, if you will, if you'd like to get this started and tell me what you what your thoughts are right out the gate. um, Let's do it.
1: I'm just trying to think of the first time I ever experienced a TV show as a movie. And it may have been. Uh, the Monsters movie, Monsters Go Home. Okay, um, that, that be, would make be, sense. yeah. I know, we know. We covered that recently, but I'm just trying to think. The one, <laughs> I think the one that broke my brain, however, was one of the On the Buses movies. Right,
0: uh, no, that was that was during the lifetime of the show, or was it? After yeah, the-
1: actually, it's a ha- they're Hammer Productions even.
0: Oh yeah. Um,
1: the- the, the show uh, was a staple of childhood for me.
0: Yeah, it was um, like so weird, because we have so many similarities. Yeah. Up and I wouldn't, I didn't see it on the buses until I was an adult.
1: I mm. never, never saw it. Well, this, the, on the buses aired on Global, when I was mm. a kid, which was the same network, I think, that was airing SCTB when it first started. Mm. And um, I, yeah, you know, it. it it, it was on TV at eight o'clock at night. So therefore mm-hmm. it was our pop culture. And uh, when the movies came on, I had a VCR, I think I was like 14 or so. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe there were movies. And um, I was even more shocked when I found out how much nudity there was. Uh, for some reason hammered. Well, actually I'm not surprised that hammer added a bunch of nudity, but sure. it just, They changed. This is an interesting thing to the film from the TV series. It didn't. It didn't have the same continuity as the TV series. Um, uh, Stan's sister Olive had a kid, Mm. and that kid was not on the TV show. So it was just weird to you know they're making a movie of a television show that's that's beloved, and the TV show is currently running and. It's not the same. It's almost like the um, the Doctor Who films that came oh, out in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah. Okay. So I went. I went. I went at this the wrong way.
0: <laughs> no. 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 Because that because that that um, no that works too. Like we can. There's lots of stuff that. Okay. The first one that comes to mind to me is Batman. And I don't think I knew. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I really knew because I knew by the time you get to the 80s, the late 80s, when I'm really getting into uh, collecting James Bond, like it was, you know, right after Living Daylights and and before License to Kill, I joined the 007 American fan club and the British one. And, you know, you know, had these UK collectors magazines that came out three times a year, you know, that were, that were, I still have somewhere that you could see pictures of things that you're never going to own Uh toy shop had loads of something. I was really getting into it. And it was around that time as I'm doing the deep dives that I started to understand that there were several times uh throughout the sixties where uh, a show like man from uncle would be, would have two episodes maybe re-edited into a feature and released, yeah. uh, either I, I think in America, but, I think the UK. First.
1: No, there was mainly, year. Euro- I think it was, I think the, the main appeal was to do it in Europe. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think they did get released in America because they were done. But the idea behind those, from what I've read, is that most Europeans were still on black and white. Right. And by making these films in full color, and of course, you know, when you're talking to places like Italy or, or, or Spain, um, being in the air conditioning. Yeah, for a couple of hours is a real draw to a, 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 a movie house. And um, yeah, that, that's from what I understood. It was just because they were in color and, you know, the movie houses
0: were always Jumping. looking for content. Yeah. Jumping on the spy craze because the spy craze was huge at the time. And why yeah. not manage of the theaters? And they did it with The Saint. I think they took two episodes of The Saint and released it as the fiction makers. It was a Did, did they
1: not do that with... Um, Secret Agent man wasn't Karoshi I think the movie's called
0: Karoshi. Oh that's ringing a bell yeah
1: yeah I think that's um, I think that is uh, just Secret Agent man but in color
0: So that 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 idea that premise is what I thought for the longest time. that's what I thought the Batman movie was like I didn't oh I see until I got to maybe the early 90s that I realized it was a feature that was made during the lifetime of the show. Um, so, so things like that yeah, we, to cash in on the
1: popularity of the series and, uh, um, yeah. I'm grateful to that show because, um, I, my parents only had like the most basic of cable when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not get the Adam West show piped in daily on, you know, channel 29 when I was growing up, we didn't have mm-hmm. it. And, um, it was, uh, that movie. I think it went 78 or something like that. I remember the day it played on the like the ABC affiliate
0: for the movie for the Sunday afternoon, and that was an epic day. Oh wow! Uh, well, yeah, so it, what I'm getting you know. at is we can do that as well in this in this um, this hodgepodge that we're doing. But I was thinking more in terms of something like, um, well, I guess MASH is a good example of a show that was it was a fit was a movie in 69 or whatever it was and then it became a series a couple years later with a completely different cast Right. Uh, that's kind of what i'm thinking more in terms of like that's an obvious one
1: but yeah well that but movies. that's 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 a tv show that's a tv show spun off of a movie and we're doing uh movies spun off of tv shows correct
0: oh yes yes sorry 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 yeah yeah, yeah. So, that's, yeah, yeah so okay Yes. Yeah, so i'm thinking more in terms of of um uh uh like car 54 where are you
1: i guess yeah I now know. that guy that got rebooted in the 90s i think right like because some of the, the absolutely of the... no one demanded
0: it. <laughs> right right that was that was the turnaround in 1963 i think and they finally got around to making it in 94
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and, and it just it it was like why um Recently, I was at a thrift store, and I saw the um, it was the poster for the remake of The Honeymooners.
0: Yeah, with uh, that, that Cedric the Entertainer, and yeah,
1: and it was autographed by a couple people on the cast. Oh wow! And it how was much, like f- how much far? Did pay? It was four dollars in in uh, Valley Village, and I just you know I, I didn't know what to do with it, so
0: I put it down um it was not four dollars it was it was
1: under 10
0: um I, i'm shocked you didn't get it just for the for the comedy value to have signed <laughs> honeymooners the movie poster for eight dollars well it was it was like a mini poster <laughs> oh well um, a bargain
1: yeah yeah i'm I, But like does anyone remember that film at all like I, I remember the only reason I even know it exists is uh, I got stuck at a traffic light uh, across from a movie theater and I saw that poster. And I was like, oh, my
0: God, they're remaking The Honeymooners. That Why didn't anyone want that? You know, well, there, there's and, it's, and we're not going to go in clearly not going in sequential order with any of this because there's too much of it. There's just there's. Oh, so, yeah. It, it's a so mass. much of it. like the first one that comes to mind for two of the ones that come to mind for me and we'll get to them. Um, or Casablanca and Animal House. <laughs> okay, we'll get to those in a minute. Delta I, House. I was thinking about Bewitched, and I mean, it, 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 again, it's one of those things that you just go, "What? Like, what is the thinking behind?" I mean, it was a it was a expensive movie. It was a disaster. Um, oh and it, yeah. You know, and it was Nicole Kidman and 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 um, Will Smith. Will Smith, uh, Farrell. Will Will yeah. Smith, Farrell, and um, whoever else. But you just kind of like when you see it, you go like the Adams family made sense. The Adams family was like there, there's so many reasons that made sense to be a, a big budget feature thing. The, the 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 you know the the darkness of it, the horror, the goofiness, the the comic book you know levels of you know, of silly. But Bewitched, you go, how many people are really, you know, hankering for this? Like, really want, really, that Bewitched is so beloved that it would, because it's not like something that was like a $5 million independent film, and somebody said, let's do a weird spin on Bewitched, and it's going to be called this, and it's kind of based on the show. It's like, there's a big budget thing. Like, why are we doing this? What's it about? Like, the Stepford Wives too. the same thing, and they turned that into a comedy. I mean, that was a, that was a, uh, I believe it was a TV movie, but um, but just some of those things when you just see the poster or you see the trailer and go, who is asking for this? Like yeah. who, you know, who wants this basically. Um, but uh, um, okay. So we're going, we're doing the reverse. Yeah. So we're doing something like animal house to Delta house. So animal house was uh, 78, right? No,
1: no, we're, we're doing the, we're Sorry, doing i was
0: the, doing schizophrenic yeah. Oh my goodness. We hit record. Yeah, no, we
1: have we have been recording. Um, no, we're doing the opposite. We're doing the um, the honeymooners reboot. Oh yes,
0: got you, got you, Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Part two. So we're gonna do part two of the ones that were movies that became right. Got it. Right, okay. right. So honey so so honeymooners. Good Car- night, Car- everybody. <laughs> uh, but bewitched, but bewitched works. That works, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that was a that real head sense. scratcher. Um. I guess we should probably talk about like the nineties had a lot of these and it it seemed to be mostly sitcoms for the most part anyways that were turned into you know to movies and and, give me me one? Okay, Brady Bunch.
0: Oh now that's a that's interesting
1: because that worked. You know it worked, but unfortunately it became like the blueprint for every yes. single one of those movies, totally, totally, no and, question. And um, it, 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 you know, that fish out of water shit, um,
0: well, which I'll, worked really well for the Brady's. But I have no connection to Brady Bunch. I've never liked it. I never watched it, really. Um, Me either. There's no affection for it whatsoever. So when I saw it, that it was being made into a film, I'm like, what is the point of this? The conceit of it, though, you know, it being probably the first to kind of do that the conceit of this family is stuck in this the vibe you see in the show is still happening they're weirdos um was kind of genius and um it just basically turned the brady's into the monsters if you think about it. yeah exactly very very much so yeah and it, it you know it took the piss out of the you know it was it kind of but everybody kind of did anyway didn't they didn't everybody kind of make fun of the show prior to that kind of it wasn't like a wasn't it kind of watched for camp value? was not the kind of thing that. Oh like, yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. there were
1: there were Brady Bunch um, reenactment, which is probably where it came from. You know that like Brady Bunch Live thing. Oh yeah. They used to go on. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think one of the pioneers of that was uh, uh, what's his name, Andy from the Conan O'Brien show. Uh, he he oh. was like the original Broadway
0: Mike Brady. Andy Richter. Yeah. Andy Richter, yeah. Oh no, kidding! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and that 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 worked and it was a huge hit, and yeah. uh, directed by Betty Thomas, which I think she directed some television prior, but she do a movie. Well, she was like, from Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues, but I don't know if she did a film before that. Wasn't that her first? Betty Thomas, uh,
1: what what year was that? Because. Um, I want to say oh, like, the Brady Bunch? No, no, she had she directed
0: before, I think. Did she, so did she direct the Howard Stern thing
1: before yeah, that? She, well, Well, no, I don't think so. Uh, but I think she had um, directed something before that. I, <laughs> I can't remember.
0: Because that was a pretty hot streak for her, and I'm not a Howard Stern person, but like I know that movie made a ton of money. Um, both of those, and she she directed both those. So so yeah, that's that's an example of something that actually worked. Like I just thought who's gonna who cares about this and then it um was it was a big a big hit mhm mm-hmm. so, um, and it it
1: basically
0: opened the the doors
1: for a lot of um properties that we probably didn't really care that much about
0: <laughs> like know? like i'm I'm drawing a blank now on the nineties so what what else
1: well, you know, I mean Car fifty four, we've already kind of played that card. It was crazy. But then we also got like the um the Beverly Hillbillies movie.
0: Oh. God, I forgot all about that. Was yeah. that
1: Pen-
0: but did Penelope Spears direct that?
1: I actually don't know. I know Penelope Spears directed Wayne's World. I um, like which
0: she directed
1: uh, No, she directed You know you're right. Penelope Spears did direct that. She directed
0: Wayne's World.
1: Yeah, and Wayne what, World, too. Did she and do, she directed the Beverly Hillbillies.
0: Did she direct... Um, what's the one with um, Batgirl? It like uh, was a big thing for her. It became a TV series. Who was Batgirl in your favorite Batman movie with Clooney? Alicia Silverstone. What was the Alicia Silverstone yeah. movie? Clueless. Clueless. Yeah. She, did she direct or was it? It was Amy Heckerling, maybe, directed it. I forget. I'm not prepared um, for this
1: conversation. Uh,
0: Second, though, to Car 54. That was David Johansson, better known to music fans as Buster Poindexter, but really David Johansson prior to Buster Poindexter of the New York Dolls. But who was the other guy? It was John uh, McGinley. Oh, John McGinley. God bless him. Yeah. uh, what a the guy that you hated in Platoon, that you just bugged the shit out of you in Platoon, has had this incredible career, and he's mm. done he's done so many smart moves with it, you know, mm-hmm. with, with his his physical appearance and his personality. And he's he's as to me he's as good in drama as he is in comedy, but he's he's got a face made for comedy. Um, but <laughs> but I never saw a Car Fifty Four. I saw the trailer, but I never saw the, the movie. It was it, hard it, to see that movie. <laughs> it may be a masterpiece. We don't, you know, it could be, maybe it's a hidden gem that I'm still waiting to hear about.
1: I seem to remember that was like a February, you know, let's dump this movie out. Um,
0: the no, of- I, I've not heard okay. good things. Okay. Give me, yeah. a, give me another 90s. Okay, so the, but the Brady Bunch and what was the other one you just said?
1: Uh, Beverly mm-hmm. Hillbillies.
0: Did that do well? when it came out? Well, there wasn't
1: a sequel to my knowledge, so I would say probably not. Um, But I do kind of... That was the movie where I remember thinking, like, okay, um, there seems to be a pattern with these where it's the fish out of waters and they're getting scammed. Mm -hmm. And they're usually getting scammed by somebody who used to be on Saturday Night Live. Mm. And... (laughs) You know that was that was one of the the um the things about that. I think Rob Schneider is the bad guy in that one. And who um, was the,
0: was the banker guy?
1: Uh oh, Drysdale was played by Dabney Coleman,
0: which was actually Dabney pretty good. Yeah, um, the tale played... of Dabney Coleman taking those those kinds of parts, like they just got in under the wire of like, does the guy from Nine to Five still work as this uh? this kind of yeah it's what what year is it 94 whatever 95. yeah it'll, it'll work like yeah, that and
1: Lily awesome. Tomlin playing this
0: Hathaway is is kind of clever that's pretty inspired yeah. yeah yeah
1: um that that actually for me uh, I thought like I saw that in the theater forgive me um oh you did oh yeah oh yeah uh, sure did and I didn't hate it I have not rewatched it uh because there was no need to Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I liked the cast. And, oh, so it kind of worked. Uh, it, it, it worked. But you were like, yeah, we don't need another one of these. Like, it's not a here's franchise. It was
0: a... about this. I've never seen it. But if I'm going to if I'm if I'm right, if I'm your phone a friend. I'm going to say Cloris Leachman played grandma. Dietrich Bader played Jethro. Uh. Jim Varney was Grandpa, or the Buddy, buddy Ebson character, Grandpa, whatever. And Daisy, what's her name? Not Daisy. What's her name in the show? <laughs> the Oh, the... Um, Ellie May. Ellie May. I'm drawing a blank, but it might be the woman that came up out of the cake in. Um, Damn. In the 100%.
1: You, no. you hit every
0: target, sir. Is it the woman that came up out of the camp? Erica
1: Aleniak from
0: Home.
1: Under Siege.
0: Yes. There is no reason whatsoever <laughs> for me nope. to any of that.
1: Nope. And you know what the sad part is? I, I could have done the exact same. What is wrong with us? I don't know. I don't know. I really What's... struggle to remember certain things. What And f- But yeah, you and I both have that cast of the... 1993
0: <laughs> remake of the Beverly Hillbillies down pat. My, uh, my category tonight is the movie remake of the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, if we're on Jeopardy and there's like useless crap section. <laughs> yeah. Oh man,
1: we're we're winning that night. We are Ken Jennings. I'd be hitting
0: night. that buzzer like mad.
1: And here's another 90s nobody wanted from 93
0: TV remake, Coneheads. Oh, that is a that is such a weird one for so many reasons of like what year was it again? Like it was 90, 92,
1: 93 93 is when it came out. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, because we were all pining for that. Like it got an um, actual
0: figure line, but it did playmates. I mean, like, first of all, it's already who's talking about the Coneheads in in 92, (laughs) The, the last time the, was like, <laughs>
1: sir.
0: the last sketch was probably like 1979. Or yeah, 70- and
1: and like Saturday Night Live had completely redeemed itself at that point too, from being just about the Belushi era. Like you know what right. I mean? Like
0: you're
1: right. Uh, so it was like this weird out of nowhere. Like I I understood that Wayne's World, Wayne's World as much as it's kind of you know it has an age super great. Um, It was the now. And then their follow up was like, and here's this thing that you were seven when it came out.
0: Well, it's the only thing I can surmise is, you know, Lauren Michaels, because, you know, all that stuff is, you know, however, the however it's divided up between NBC and him or whatever is his property. So everybody, you know, anything that came off the show, it's got his stamp on it. He's executive producer on. So I think Wayne's World worked.
1: Yeah, was
0: there a second one by by then was there two Wayne's World? There was already?
1: a Wayne's World two in ninety three, yeah. So,
0: so Coneheads
1: right and and Wayne's World two came out at, around the same time. Um
0: Belushi's dead, and we can't do a samurai thing anyway, because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not work these days. Uh, yeah. Let's go for Coneheads, you know, like. But that is a weird concoction. Like
1: I recently rewatched it about a year ago. I rewatched it, and you have. This incredible talent pool. Yeah. That is completely wasted.
0: Yeah, Michael. McKe- uh,
1: um, Michael Richards is in it, I think. And Michael Richards was so embarrassed by his performance that if people came up to him at that summer, he would give them their money back. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, because and you look at it and you go, you had Kramer, like the star of you know, for a cameo, and he yeah. does nothing. And, uh,
0: and uh, is Buck Henry in it? Buck Henry's not in it. Is he?
1: I don't remember. Because if, if there's a Buck
0: Henry so. action figure that exists, I need to have...
1: Well, that would have been from the man who fell to Earthline. Right. Uh, the exactly.
0: aborted man who fell to Earthline. Uh <laughs> what were but, they thinking at Mattel? Uh, but they, this thing got action figures. And they were, they were great. Like, they were really great action figures. I didn't buy them, but, like... who's who At playmates is thinking this is a home run you know you know what Mm -hmm. is also
1: really funny about that movie it's almost like sweet and innocent now is the product placement because like i think subway just paid for the entire movie (laughs) and like they are in so many scenes (laughs) and it was a summer movie i think
0: wasn't it wasn't it was
1: yeah it was a summer uh, this one i really remember because um this was like the last summer I lived with my parents, mm. and um you know it was it was a fun summer, but um it just it's one that really sticks in my mind and uh yeah it was it was the big can miss movie of the
0: summer for me right right, <laughs> and it was like they had a big pretty big bu- well you know it also had um I think it had Chris Farley in it too, and so they're they're riding that wave too.
1: Yeah, they were they were, uh, and Chris Farley probably sold a lot of tickets. Yeah, even though he's not terribly funny in this either, it's not a funny movie. And uh, did Aykroyd co write it? He probably did. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, man, that is that's a great one because what the, I mean I remember seeing that trailer or the poster and just going what? Yeah. Why? Why?
1: I think I think uh, the action figures just sat. Oh yeah. My, in my town
0: until they were down to like two dollars and they got they got clearance. But but you just try, you just try and get a complete set of Playmates Conan action figures today. It will take you minutes. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. Wow. I They're can... right next to Sequest DSV. And you know what's what's interesting about that too is, it's not even a show, like it's a sketch. You know, that mm-hmm. it was a, a thing that was in the zeitgeist for a little while. And, you know, it wasn't even a show like that you could, you know, is in syndication that people, everybody knew. Like, it, you had to find the Coneheads by 93, you know, to really know what that was about. You yeah. Know, to, and, like, and then there was the thing,
1: like, for me, sure, I remember them. And now what? Like, I... You know, it wasn't that hilarious an idea. There was an actually, I think there was a, do you remember the animated Coneheads pilot that used to air as a special occasionally on it? Yes,
0: I remember that.
1: That was actually pretty good. Yeah. You know, I think that's the format because that's just that that whole thing was ahead of its time. Because it was the half-an-hour animated sitcom. And, right. And, you know, the Simpsons had to pave that way. But I, I can remember watching that Conehead special a couple times and thinking, they should have done this. Because well, it's funny. The thing about,
0: that I think of the movie, too, like, Ackroyd's got this weird, you know, he's into the paranormal and he's into scary stuff and kind of a morbid you know, sense of the grotesque. He, he likes the grotesque and finds it funny and everything. There's a, that yes, I've opening seen on the planet but... where it's on the planet and Dave Thomas, I think is the leader or something. And yeah. there's, there's a scene where Ackroyd's nude or like you see his backside and it's like, he's got three butt cheeks or something, or it's like a mm. pres- it's like a weird, it's either nothing in front and three buttocks or like teeth on his buttocks or something. It, it's just something that, that, that he thinks is endearing right.
1: and the audience thinks is terrifying, Right. which, you know, he he's really not good at. And it's funny that Dave Thomas is in that film because honestly, Dave Thomas is the Dan Aykroyd of SCTV. Um, they oh, both yeah. are geniuses that sometimes fail to communicate to the audience why it's good.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: Um, and uh, that, that's just—I find that really funny. That they, you know the, the the dichotomy that Dave Thomas is in the Conan movie because because
0: well, didn't didn't they also are both a,
1: the same?
0: Didn't they also have like sharp teeth?
1: Yeah, <laughs> they have these like monster teeth in the movie. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it's it—he gets them filed down by a dentist, and it's it's just right. not you know the. I think. And we we could probably do a Coneheads episode, to be perfectly honest with you. I think the two of us could sit and talk for an hour about this film, because it is really kind of interesting on how it fails. You know, that, that whole concept of them, um, you don't, you're creeped out by them.
0: Yeah. It's, the entire
1: it's, film, they're kind of frightening, and it's like, they're the heroes of the
0: movie. It's, yeah. it's dark humor, that dark in yeah. the grotesque. And it's like, it's not funny. It's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like Ghostbusters I, I, is the right balance of trying to do something scary or weird and funny. Yeah. But, you know, Coneheads was just like a misfire in every department. <laughs>
1: and yet it's like, it's so staggering to watch it because you just sit there and go like how how did this ship not like how did this not work because you you really have a star cast you have all these up-and-comers in the film and then you have all these kind of like you know established stars like the it's incredible the pool of talent that movie has and you're like yeah they didn't make it work um had a big tie-in soundtrack too yeah, of course. It's 1993. I mean, you know, like I can't, I can't tell you the soundtracks to movies I've never seen that I own from that era. You know.
0: But it just seems like the kind of thing that would have been like someone did the theme or someone did the, you know, a Coneheads oh. rap, grabbed a bunch of bands off of, you know, some label. Of course
1: they did. Yeah. Um, like right, a,
0: now, like a Coneheads rap or something. Oh, that's a good one. Wait a minute. Speaking of. Dragnet.
1: Holy cow. How are we not talking about Dragnet?
0: Dragnet, which is, which works in many ways and doesn't in others. But I'll never forget the end. <laughs> You're being really generous. That that I, was I, very I generous. The, the Dragnet rap or whatever it's called, where Joe Friday, I think it's written by Aykroyd's brother.
1: Isn't it done by the, the, the dudes that did like the you know the bow bow you know um bow bow you know bow bow chick, chick, that those guys um oh yellow yellow thank you oh,
0: crap yeah. I'm, i
1: appreciate that that um that life <laughs> that life preserver
0: <laughs> that one song and the beverly hillbillies movie my <laughs> my expert category um I don't know if that's what it was. I seem to recall a rap, and it was maybe maybe I'm getting it mixed up because I think Aykroyd's brother has has stepped in several times. David Aykroyd? Yeah. Well, he was a musician as well as whatever else. Oh, did, okay. um I think he did a song for Nothing But Trouble, and I think he did a song. There was an if you look at the very original uh trailer or presentation thing for Ghostbusters. There's a completely different, there's two different Ghostbusters songs, I think. I'm going to get this wrong and someone's going to correct me. Prior to the Ray Parker Jr. thing, there are one or two attempts, I believe, to do a theme, Ghostbusters theme. One is by some band like, I don't know, Wet Blanket or some some 80s thing that never did anything. And then, um, and the other one, I think, was done by Aykroyd's brother. So he kept Mm. going. Now, the art of noise did the official dragnet theme, okay, that which makes sense. That makes sense. And yeah, ad,
1: they added son, but that I, I don't know why I got the art of noise mixed up with yellow, it's but i I art feel of, better about that now, like um,
0: yellow, you know, yellow is boom, boom. and then art of noise had the one that was like... Boom, boom, boom. you know yeah. added, art of noise had the one that was like in the video with the little punk girl, like, yeah, like, I remember the hey. Hey! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I
1: think they did Peter Gunn. They did a
0: great of... and They did um, Kiss with Tom Jones, which is one of the best covers of all time. Oh, yeah. Just doing that. And um, they did an album in '89, um, which I'm forgetting the name of, but they do, it's a great record, but they do a cover of the theme tune to the Robinson Crusoe TV series. Wow which is a gorgeous theme. Mm. Um, so everybody, when you're done with this episode, go find that cover. It's a really great cover. Very mm. obscure for them to cover that, but it's beautiful on the, on the record. Um, but Dragnet, which is like, Dragnet I think came out the same year or the same summer maybe as The Untouchables, which is weird enough.
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw Dragnet in the theater. Oh, I did too. For yeah, sure. I, was, I was and I thought, I left thinking this is a good film. Uh, which I've never really I've never really followed up on. Uh you know, I probably watched it on video when it came out, but it was like, yeah, yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. Um I don't know. This this was back when Tom Hanks was funny.
0: You gotta say, Aykroyd is great in it.
1: He's Aykroyd. perfect.
0: He's perfect as you know, his nephew or whatever. Like it's, he, it's yeah, he
1: he does the exact same character. Ay- Aykroyd was born to play the dry as toast you know uh straight man
0: yeah
1: and um yeah he 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 does i think it's a movie it came from hollywood he's doing his joe friday bit and he's perfect in it you know what year was that? it came from hollywood i believe it was 81 or 82 like uh, one of those okay i gotta and bell. yeah he does he does a bit Uh, for movies with juvenile delinquents in them and he's the you know I need some black and whites I need some black and whites over here you know and um, yeah his rhythm in the movie is fantastic oh yeah no he he sells the movie I think the thing in that movie that
0: doesn't sell it is that it's not that funny a movie um you know (laughs) it's not oh Dabney Coleman again Dabney Coleman as as not the villain quite but the the porn guy the the, the hugh hefner guy. right yeah uh, I, I i haven't gotta... seen it in so long christopher, you remember Plummer? That other... christopher you remember... Plummer is like the the, the 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 cardinal of the the city or, or um whatever you call them um like christopher Plummer is in that movie
1: which is you in... know you know i always get it mixed up with another movie that Aykroyd did very similar except he's crazy it was called loose cannons it's him and uh gene hackman which
0: again is just cringe that trailer in the theater and going how much cocaine do they have in Hollywood? yeah i can remember that
1: was like i just finished high school
0: (laughs) you know it's like
1: let's go to the movies and it was like what are we watching um, and it just don't,
0: lapses into voices and stuff. and Yeah, and it's know. about Hitler porn
1: or something like yeah. that. like yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it so I always get Dragnet blurred with that. And that's not fair to Dragnet. Um, like,
0: because, Dragnet compared to that is... Yeah, Dragnet looks like Amlet. You know, Life, Brian. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Life <laughs> of Brian, yeah. Yeah, Life of Brian, yeah. Um but it's but, it's it's an inoffensive like I like the film. It's just not very good. No, it's not. The best the best thing to recommend it is Aykroyd's performance. Mm-hmm. Hanks is you know, I said this w a hundred years ago, um, but I still believe it's true. For all the good that Hanks has done, for for how wonderful he is as an actor, and you know, he's the modern day Jimmy Stewart and all that stuff. Um, this man had a lot of chances. I mean he had a show that failed and he did the TV movie, the mazes and monster. I think that hit before splash Scared the crap out of me. Splash was huge. Yep. Splash was huge, but then, and then volunteers a, came volunteers, which <laughs> was like an HBO movie, which nobody saw. Then he did the man with one red shoe, which was a remake. I of a freaking comedy. loved that. Which movie. is a good movie. It is yeah. a good movie, but nobody saw it. Yeah. I was there. And then, theater, theater boy. I think there was another one. Well, Bachelor Party did actually did well. That movie did well. But he had like three yeah, or four. Yeah, I've seen Bachelor Party about a hundred times. He did three or four that didn't work. And then Big came along. And I think Big, I think Big was turned down by Sylvester Stallone or turned down by. It was somebody, somebody you wouldn't even think of was going to be the lead in that thing. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they exited. He did it Massive. Mm. massive and he's incredible in it. I, th- I still think it's probably the best thing he's ever done. Like the best performance he ever gave because I believe that that was a kid, you know, what how he was he was playing it. But then he made Joe versus the Volcano after that. And then he Which made is actually kind of good. And Bonfire the Van. Yeah, but they failed. I mean, they yeah. just kept failing. And it got then he got like a third chance and something else kind of hit and then it I think really Philadelphia
1: looked- was a big
0: one for him. Philadelphia was big. And That was like 93 or so. And then yeah. they kind of He's going to be fine. But he had several, <laughs> you know, that that almost didn't work. But Dragnet's in there. and
1: Dragnet's in there. I always, <laughs> Tom Hanks has a likability. And you've you've glossed over the Turner and Hooch franchise, my friend. Oh, I friend. forgot,
0: Turner, it's another one. Turner and Hooch. Which, Which,
1: Which we'll be discussing the on the TV shows
0: into movies, or movies. Yes. Yeah. Would you ever think you'd find the day that Turner and Hooch, someone would go, you know, it's a great property. You know what we need to make into a show? Is that freaking Turner and Hooch? Because we can make oh, yeah. it better, and the stories are endless. And you know, we can make it
1: sexier.
0: Turner and Hooch was another failure. Yeah. Um, he just kept picking the wrong things. No, but, that was back uh,
1: when Hollywood was like, <clears throat> what What are you all doing? Like, you know, we're going to make un- Alien, but Underwater. And it was like every movie that came out that year. And then there was the Turner and Hooch thing. Uh, also, what was the one I saw? Canine.
0: Jim Belushi. It was
1: like, yeah, the Jim Belushi. Actually, that was like one of my most epic first dates in in
0: high school was. I don't even know how you. Revolves around Jim Belushi somehow. I don't know how you could even find a theater that was running K-9. I didn't know. Well, it it was
1: in downtown uh... Oshawa, Ontario, sir. I didn't Um...
0: know. I saw the video cassette cardboard when I went into a video store. Like, I don't I don't think at the theater where I was. I don't remember. Trust me, I
1: wanted to be a pet cemetery across the street, um, but I wasn't, yeah. But
0: you kind of, I gotta say, I got nothing against Tom Hanks. I mean, I will criticize, I will go, dude, keep an accent going. If you can't do the accent, don't, just stop. What are you doing? And other things that I feel like he's sort of let things down on. But I kind of miss that Tom Hanks. The Tom (laughs) Hanks that's in Dragnet,
1: yeah. Is, I, I miss I know. miss Crazy Bachelor Party Tom Hanks as well. Yes. He was funny as hell. And Very good. um I absolutely and I know I'm a minority in this, mm. but I despise Forrest Gump. Um Dude, I think it was because god, I didn't see yeah. it until like the fall, and everyone had just like, Oh my god, you
0: will like, your head will explode and you know, I went to see it and I was like and, not, and my wife's the same way. She's like, This sucks you're not in the minority on this phone call because okay. I saw it in the theater and yeah, I loved Tom and I loved Tommy. I'm like, yeah. And I came out of the theater going, yeah, you know, that was kind of, you know, it's so, good. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's not life-changing. The fact There's that nothing. it
0: exploded and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I know this has been said to death. It's about a guy who does nothing. he doesn't do anything throughout the entire film shit just happens and he just sort of goes i'm gonna go this way and you go that way and maybe you never know but he's he's a he's a he's an observer he's not a participant in anything Mm. Uh, and you know what justice is there that that you know once again one of those movies you can point to with the oscars where you go that was movie of the year and pulp fiction wasn't
1: yeah well we can we can we can agree on that now I think we should switch gears and move on to (laughs) back just for once, just for (laughs) our Tom Hanks episode.
0: (laughs) I just read something recently where they were planning a sequel, and it was—I kid you not—it was going to be called Forrest Gump Still (laughs) Gumping, or something to that effect. Uh, Eric Eric Roth, I want to say, is the guy who wrote the original book. Who, by the way, I believe
1: he wrote a second book. To take the piss out of it all.
0: Okay, so maybe that's what it was going to be, but it was it was it was moving forward. And also, whoever wrote the original book, all the the eighteen people that won awards the night that that thing won, now one of them mentioned the guy who wrote the book. Yeah. Not one of them said, "Oh, by the way." So this thing was going to happen, and they had a meeting scheduled for December eleventh or December twelfth or something. Uh, I'm sorry, September eleventh uh, or twelfth of of two thousand one. And they they all get on, like, a conference call, going kind to of think, Hanks and Zemeckis and this guy, and they all just basically go, I don't think there's any reason to, to make this movie now. Like, it's the world is changing. And, and the movie was going to be him going through another part of history and, like, not doing anything and, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I seem to recall,
1: and, and I could be wrong, and, you know, fact-check me, folks, but I seem to recall that whatever was in the writer's contract uh, for the negotiation of the novel, had him with the ability to write the sequel, and he okay, wrote this incredibly it. unfilmable book. Okay. And I, I believe it's to take the Mickey out of the whole thing. Like he, you know, wasn't wasn't interested. And um, okay, you know, I that that's that's my recollection. I could that be wrong. Right.
0: I think it's Eric Roth, right? I think I think that's the guy. That that's or there's something. Eric something. But anyway, I just read about the other day where like they were all set to start moving on this thing with Hanks and Zemeckis and this guy. And then it just, you know, something terrible happened. And, you know, which I think is probably not the thing that happened. Obviously it's not a good thing, but we didn't get another Forrest Gump because it's like there's t-shirts and hats and restaurants. Yeah. But you brought up Forrest Gump. You derailed this thing. I was talking about the Dragnet Tom Hanks, just for the record. You're right. I
1: apologize.
0: Um, and uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> still gumping. Still gumping. Uh, now I've I've fallen down a rabbit hole. All right, <laughs> let's talk about 1994's big, like way too expensive, uh, adaptation. Is the Flintstones? Oh my God, another one. Yeah. And it was huge. But you know what, I, I just want to, before you get into it, I felt like I had to, like it was like Coupon the movie, like I was of a certain age that I just had to go see the the Flintstones, like it felt you, like an obligation.
0: You had to go see what the world was becoming.
1: Yeah, so, I had to go like, well, I grew up with the Flintstones, so I have to go see the Flintstones movie, and it was,
0: yeah, there it was. Um, it was literally... An animated show that was based on a live-action show, *The Honeymooners*. It was yeah. just riffing on *The Honeymooners*. That they then took from animation back into live-action, and that—that's really kind of to me the start of where, where, you know, everybody just starts to go, you know, it's like the player when they just start reading headlines and the players. Why do we need writers? Like, look, here's a headline. It's just there. You go. There's a story, and everything becomes about IPs. And well look, there's already a fan base. There's already people already familiar, like Josie and the Pussycats. The mm. only thing anybody ever knew about Josie and the Pussycats was the song. If you if you sat anyone down and said, anybody do you remember the, oh J you know, they but they Or were or my
1: by, lifelong crush on Alexandria Cabot.
0: But they couldn't tell you anything about the show or the characters or if they solved mysteries or did drugs or anything. Nobody knew what that show was. And then they uh, made a movie. I did. You know? Which tank? Well, yeah, you saw K9 in the freaking theater for God's I sake. Did. I did. You you did. were the you were the guy. They were all sitting behind glass, going, "I think we better follow this guy because he actually came to this film. This is someone we need to keep an
1: eye and on." And I want to tell you right now, I,
0: I got another date out of that.
1: You know, <laughs> that, could be... that worked out for <laughs> Brian. Well, that's good.
0: because yeah. nothing, nothing gets the loins going like
1: chicken Jim fingers and a night of the balouche. Beluche. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, sorry the, the 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 second best
0: balouche. yes exactly the flintstones though and the flintstones got an, an, another massive toy line like the merchandise blitz. Oh, that stuff like i
1: remember i was a, like a full-on <laughs> toy collector at that time i was like no one's ever going to want these it was they were disturbing
0: <laughs> looking toys
1: i think peter peter Bag at the time was writing hate hate yeah. comics and yeah at that time, uh, his his protagonist, Buddy Bradley, who is like an avatar for me, um, he was opening a toy shop, and him and his friend were talking about the, the, the McDonald's Flintstones toys, and he's like, in 20 years, some kid's going to go, I swear to God, I had a Fred Flintstone toy with John Goodman's head on it, and I will sell it back to him, and it's like, <laughs> it 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 set me up for not only like for me, I was hoping to get into that arena, you know, uh, being a vintage toy dealer. And it was like, oh, my God, like it showed me the futility of that, you know, like I can't even begin to describe it. But it was just like I have no passion for this stuff yet. That's why I would want to get into this is because of my passion for it.
0: Well, it and, just I mean, you just it's in this it's in the sweet spot. Of so many things that that they thought were gonna work. And there's as many that didn't work. There's more that didn't work than than did, like like Super Mario Brothers. I know it wasn't a you know, it was a cartoon show, probably Saturday, Greatest. But movie. it was a game. But it had a toy line. It had an action for line. There's so much of that in the nineties, like last action hero, Flintstones, all these things that what depending on how the movie did, the merchandise was just everywhere and it sat. I, I
1: was in the theater for Super Mario Brothers
0: too. Now, see, even I, I, even I didn't see. I'm a major Bob Hoskins fan. I was yeah. in Seven, The Long Good Friday and Mona Lisa. I, I followed everything he did. Even I didn't go to the theater to see Super Mario In fact, I don't think I've seen the full film at this stage. To
1: be honest life. with you, even then, even at that tender young age, if if it was deemed a train wreck, I went. That's uh, just. That's yeah. just you're just a sick. It's like, oh, this is horrible. I'm in. Um, well,
0: at least you can admit it. I appreciate you. Oh yeah, no,
1: it's it's full disclosure.
0: See how bad it was going to be.
1: Yeah, because like as much as I loved playing Super Mario Three, and it probably ruined my scholastic life. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't.
0: But you know what I'm saying? Like there were, there were so many. Loaded toy lines around that. Time. Oh yeah, last action <laughs> hero stuff. That was crazy. Um, that, was time, that was around that time where everybody started to see the value in toys and see the value in. Yeah, toys. and
1: everything got an action figure line. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. was it last week? I saw the the steel action figures from uh, the the um, Shaquille O'Neal. You know that it came and went in a weekend in the nineties, and no one talks about it
0: now. But I, I honestly think that would be the kind of thing
1: you would have seen and went, eh, it's not that bad. Uh, I did watch it. It's sweet. It had uh incredibly low budget and that was that's what killed it. It's like trying to make Iron Man on a full moon budget. You know, if you're going to commit to a franchise of superhero stuff, you right. and the character flies mm-hmm. in the comic, he can't not fly in the film. Right. So they oh, yeah. cri-
0: they <laughs> crippled that and then yeah, you know Shaquille O'Neal is not an actor. There is that. Yeah. yeah. I- in you know, a weisenheimer like because you like catwoman so friggin much i figured steel would be another underdog. I, you know what it's it's not
1: it's it's not bad enough to hate like you know what i mean like it it it, it you can see where it was trying to go it had no money and you <laughs> it, it'd be like kicking kicking a defenseless puppy you know you're you're like yeah i'm making fun of you but you know why And, you know, it's not as fun as Catwoman where they spent like, you know, I don't even know the budget of the film.
0: Fifty million, four hundred million (laughs) dollars. Now, that's probably but that is probably what the first Flintstones movie made. I bet it made like over two hundred million dollars. That thing was a runaway hit.
1: But it was one of those things that you knew um, that they they didn't they didn't sequel. So they knew that, like, we got away with this. But they did, though. Didn't they? They did a prequel sequel. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was for video, wasn't it?
0: I, I don't. Th- I thought it was theatrical, and it was. But it cons- was a total recast. It was a recast where it was like before the first movie, so it was like, what's the Baldwin who kind of went insane? Adam, I think it's Adam Baldwin. I can't remember Daniel. Daniel, no, no, the one that was in Usual Suspects.
1: I forgot. Steven, I
0: don't know all the Baldwin. Baldwins. Stephen Baldwin. Um, young fred flintstone um no 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 i'm sorry he was a young barney rubble fred flintstone was mark addy mark addy from full monty and loads of other things um i don't remember who the two wives were at all but i, I do th- i think i think
1: one of them was Jean karismak um or sorry jane jane krakowski was batty oh, that's right yeah Yep, and uh, Christian Johnson from uh, Th- oh. Third Rock from the Sun was Wilma.
0: So yeah, so that got a theatrical. That was a sequel. Did, did that
1: get a theatrical? I mean, I know that it had uh, Kazoo in it. And
0: did uh, it have, have Anne Margaret in it too? Anne did uh Ann- show up in it? Because I know I, I think Liz Taylor shows up in the first one.
1: Yeah, she, and and she's the mother-in-law, but Joan Collins,
0: like it's all
1: gone down to a TV yeah budget yeah budget and um yeah it i i all i've ever seen of that film was a scene where i was at the video store near my house and it was playing on the tv and i was watching the alan cummings gazoo character and i'm like yeah the, it's it's the second movie and you've gone to gazoo and is it pretty is much it, ruined the series
0: is it if, vegas is that what it is? yeah i think it i think you're right there's no reason for me to know that either frankly well now you have it forever i apologize um Um, okay so wait so flintstones but there seems to be something else that came out around that time i know there was a jetsons theatrical animated that came out Yeah, it was like the late 80s early 90s and that was like tiffany did the did the um but how about what about the wild wild west well yeah i was
1: gonna get there um yeah, uh, well, 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 we can go there now. Just insane. Just insane. I think there's an incredible backstory revolving around it. But I mean, talk about taking a television show that I know it was a camp show, and I, I was never a big fan of Wild Wild West as a kid. Uh, but I get what? the the appeal. It. It's it's
0: it's crazy. It's insane. Um, it's like the. It's to me. It's like the. Um the precursor to steampunk it's it's that there's technology that they're using there's weirdness uh Mm -hmm. a film like everything into a weird concoction that i think can work and i always liked it i watched it i remember i remember watching the the return of the tv movie that where they reunited or whatever that was called um, yeah that one was a little rough in the 70s yeah but um you know you think on paper you go you know what here's a here's gonna be a fun franchise and we'll get the guy who did men in black this thing can't lose and then there is the behind the scenes stuff that's just bonkers just completely yeah
1: like i think are we just gonna fully blame this on john peters
0: i i'd like to blame anything on john peters okay yeah that's fine and and i think it'll all stick but um you know that's a big part of it i think another part of it was was kevin klein who is you know 24 karat on you know everything he does pretty much and he was stealing the movie. I think like he was, he was doing his thing, but he was kind of stealing the, the, the scenes. He was uh, well cast as that character. Though. He was, that's the only good casting in it. Basically.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't dislike Will Smith in the lead role because, you know, Robert Conrad was pretty, you know, pretty straight with the material. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, for some reason, the movie, I'm not a Kenneth Branagh fan. And um, I find he's a horrible overactor.
0: And then, yeah, the movie's crazy. How can you say that after having seen Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? That's where I base that opinion on. (laughs) I I, I couldn't get out of the theater fast enough for that movie. um, Because (laughs) not only was I getting nauseous from the camera movement, um, he was shirtless throughout two-thirds of it. And he was just like like we I, like I was in a stadium and he was on stage and he thought he had to project to me up in the nosebleeds in every scene. And I, I've never I don't hate him or anything. I've just never you know, I've never he, although he was great in um, Othello, the uh, the Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. Othello. He's fantastic in that. Um, somebody might have slapped him around and said, relax, come on. But yeah but that was a bad choice for for loveless as well and you know no victor buono how do you do a
1: yeah well that was the that was the problem i think (laughs) even with the remake movies is buono was dead yeah and i forget i think paul williams replaced and it's like yeah no i i love paul williams but um he's not he's not that's not right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know like that doesn't work uh you need to, oh I, I think paul williams was supposed to pr- uh replace dr lovelace
0: was that it that I sounds can't. right dr
1: lovelace was a, a a a dwarf actor dwarf yeah and uh i know that um Brana was playing dr lovelace and he just had him with he had his legs amputated so he wasn't short right uh, and then the, that whole spider nonsense so. drive around a giant spider but it did give cool
0: Modi some money. That's just, I mean, and that got a massive toy line too. Did it? I, I'm almost positive it got either Kenner or Mate- somebody gave that a toy line.
1: You know what? I've completely forgotten if that got a toy line or not. It, you're you're probably right. Um, but I just it it just kind of. Sometimes I go to toy shows now and I'll be walking by a booth and I'll go, oh, my God, that's right. They did toys for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like you've forgotten more than you've seen, mm-hmm. you know, in this life. And I'm sure you're the
0: same way. Yeah, um, like that. some of the stuff I'll get stuck on and go did it or didn't it every yeah. now and then. But some of it you just because, you know, we were you and I were probably so just sort of aware of what was being made or what was happening, you know, in the toy world. That, you know, if you went to a, a, a toy store or a Toys R Us or whatever, and you came down, you go, oh, they did toys for this. Or, you know, in the, in the action figure magazines we'd get and stuff, you'd see the last action hero prototypes or the, you know, the, you know, whatever was coming out. So uh, I just remember this stuff and most of it just failing.
1: Yeah, you know? it, it it was all kind of just hanging around KBs for the yeah. longest time. Um, but did Wild but was,
0: but kind of put a cap on that for a while?
1: Doing those kinds of I think Von Helsing was not helpful in that um you know like th- there was a law of diminishing returns and you had you know you had <laughs> Battlefield Earth got a toy line big. well so speaking of uh big disappointing adaptations of 60s you know camp and surreal shows let's talk about the Avengers. From, uh, Late 19, 1998.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What did, what did you think of that film?
0: Well, um, I know so much about it at this point, of all the ways that it went wrong. Um, uh, I knew before it came out that it was going to be a hard sell because um, it is just not a show that a lot of people know. They had a great campaign for it, I remember being in because I was living in Toluca Lake at the time and Warner Brothers was right there. And they would put up these massive posters on the sides of the studio of what was coming out. And they had these three character posters of Steed uh, and Peel and Sean Connery's character. Sir August de Winter. Sir August de Winter. I had postcards of those in my bathroom. See, there you go. The tagline was saving the world in style. Mm -hmm. The great, great Tagline, but very much like you know John Carter or other things that have you know been around, you know in development forever, and then when they kind of launch, they they don't educate, they don't tie it in with you know a re-release of you know books or you know DVDs or whatever it was going to be at the time, and nobody really knew this thing. But um, I saw it the day it came out, and um, I thought it was fine. I did not leave the theater. <laughs> I did not leave the theater going, oh my God, what a what a stain on the the legacy of the Avengers, blah, blah, blah. But I knew we're never gonna get more of these. It's never gonna be a franchise and this is it. And it didn't work. And the main reason it didn't work for me, besides the fact that you watch it and you go, this has clearly been torn to shreds. There's, it's so disjointed there, there, you know, because legend has it and I, they did a 20th anniversary kind of interview with Jeremiah uh, Chechik or whatever his name is uh, in Empire a while back um, that, there's a director's cut there's a, there's an original cut that's very different that had a lot weirder things in it and it felt more like the avengers etc that maybe we'll get someday i don't know but he he left movies altogether that guy he never directed another film i don't think um because it was such a nightmare experience but, those uh, are always the most interesting directors <laughs> it, it really it is because because the thing i would say for it is um the main thing it got wrong uh was ray Fiennes not that he's a bad actor or anything, but that completely and utterly missed the point of John Steed, like could not have been more, if you watch any of the episodes, even the early, like Honor Blackman ones, he is just, you can't take your eyes off him. He comes in a room and he's just, you know, half the time he's smiling or a half smile, or he's sort of, when you know he's being sinister, he can turn that on, but he's he's full of life. And finds played it very robotic and and proper to the point of, Stiffness, which was not the point of the character. He was a, he had all the gentleman qualities and the, you know, the appearance and you know sort of how he did things. But he was a, you know, he was full of life. He was, you know, the joie de vivre and all that stuff. Um, but they tried to to adhere to a degree to the the edict of the show, which is, it looks like, you know, whenever they did location shots, they'd make sure the streets were deserted on the show, because it felt like you were in a world that kind of existed on its own. Kind of.
1: Yeah, it had a weird, wonderful energy to it.
0: Yeah. And they kind of tried to do that, and they tried to kind of have some eccentric uh, hangers on or the teddy bear thing and that sort of thing, but it was just a misfire. I, I don't think, and I, I believe me, if anybody's going to criticize this thing, it's going to be me. I, I think it's one of those movies that gets you know, unfairly maligned in the sense of, like, there's so much worse stuff that... Like like Wild Wild West is infinitely worse than the. Avengers. I,
1: I totally agree. I there's some stuff in the Avengers movie I really liked, uh, yeah. and I was I was sitting through it going. This has been ruined also by the popularity of Austin Powers.
0: Yes, and then there's that.
1: There's yeah, that. I, I I sat through that going like yeah people will be like this is just Austin Powers but it's not funny.
0: Which is, and why, they're right. <laughs> which is why which is why you needed to turn up the charm and yeah. how cool it is. The, the the cool factor should have been turned up even more to say, you know, he's 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 spoofing spy films and you know, in like Flint and you know, all these things that, that period, but this is the real deal. Um, but it just kind of, you know, was I mean, McNee has a cameo. He's like invisible. It's an agent that, that got invisible. Uh, I mean, Jim Broadbent is in it. Um, uh, what's her name? Um, Fiona Shaw is in it. Eddie Izzard is great at it. Eddie Izzard. He. he I think he's got one line. Sean yeah, Ry- he is not speaking the entire thing, as I recall. Freaking Sean Ryder from Happy Mondays. I'm like, Sean Ryder's in this. Like, and, and Patrick Mcnee's cameo is amazing. It's pretty cool. Like, it, yeah, that is that is pretty fun, and it, and it's very much in the spirit of the show um it's just it's it's the show is a time capsule of a style and a time yeah and so the question then is you make this this film they you have to update it to a degree but keep the cool and it was right in that cool britannia period where you know brit pop was big and all these like there's a mm-hmm. dozen reasons it should have worked that that somebody should have you know i remember reading an interview with um uh what's his name brian clemens who who um you know, wrote a lot of the episodes of the Avengers and was instrumental in the development and everything. And saying, I never made a phone call. Like, I never, nobody ever called me. Nobody talked about it. Like, you know, and he he was one of the most vocal, um, you know, denouncers of the of the film and everything. But um, but I knew it was going to bomb. I knew it wasn't going to work. And uh, I didn't watch it for years. Yeah. And then I picked up a DVD. I don't know how many years ago and popped it in again. And I went, This is not that bad. It's not no. a, it's not a terrible film. It's just. No it's you know it, it just it just didn't work and you know uh, the notion of i mean you had sean connery playing a villain for the first time like since the 50s the late 50s right. i mean that's huge you know and tying him into another you know spy property is is brilliant and it just i mean actually not a bad updating of the theme too i think marius de did the update of the uh you know
1: you know what drove me crazy about that film is Mm. um i liked it when it came out and Mm -hmm. you know you start to feel like oh no this is this is being unfairly maligned and it is not the worst thing i'll see this summer and but i was at a video store and uh, the same video store i think i was watching the clips from the other movie on uh and this woman and her boyfriend were picking movies and he picked up the Avengers and she went, Oh, that's that stupid movie with the teddy bears. And <laughs> I realized like, that's why it failed because people like that can't have, you know,
0: it's, it, it's, it's too niche to be a big, well, that's the cluster. kind of thing that that's the kind of thing that you would have seen in an episode of the Avengers, something, Insane. yeah
1: oh yeah and that, that i i actually loved that scene but then it's like yeah but if you have if never you watched know- a single avengers exactly exactly what the what what do you have other than like i don't like this movie because it doesn't fit to the spy movie standards i have
0: and i mean it's got a, it's got a grace jones song in it on the soundtrack you know like about you know that's fantastic. Like it's it's got all these ingredients that should have should have made it work and some interesting tunes and, and yeah. score things. And not
1: to mention it's Doctor Who's little brother.
0: Well it's, yeah, it's Sydney it, Newman created it. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's one of the you know, I say to this day that I'm surprised no one has done an updating of this. Like like you can't call it the Avengers anymore, obviously. Which, yeah, um, which kind of sucks. You can call it Steed and Peel and Steen and Peel. And you know, there there are so many streaming services now. that I mean, did you ever think we'd be living in an age where Disney Plus is doing stuff now with Doctor Who? That yeah, I'm, that's
1: so bizarre. Yeah, per,
0: I don't know. Per episode or per budget is as much as a full season, you know, uh, uh, of the British show, basically. Mm. It's just mental, you know. So you go... Somebody this is a beloved thing. You know, somebody could take this and really have fun with it and and do something wacky and, and great. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, one of those movies that I think they talked about for years and years. Yeah. A theatrical thing. And then it finally I think it went through several directors. Um, but this article was great. If anybody can find the the Empire link to the Empire article, the interview with him. The stuff he's talking about in the interview, the stuff that they shot or originally had written and wanted to shoot or shot and it got cut out and studio came in and, you know, did their thing. And he had no say in the editing. You go, God, I'd love to see all the deleted stuff. I'd love to see Hmm. what could have gone, you know, with her doppelganger. And and then it just kind of gets fuzzy and you go, I don't think I know what's going on anymore. Like what? Yeah,
1: it, it doesn't it isn't the sharpest narrative. But you like
0: you've said, it feels like meddling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like you just go. There is another longer film somewhere that we may never see, mm-hmm. that that I'd love now, to see. I would like to jump to another beloved
1: spy TV show of the '60s that got turned into not one, but two feature films, and I'm talking about Get Smart. Um, oh, you, God. you not only have a big budget remake, which we'll get into, but we have a Um, a recap in 1980 with the movie the nude bomb which i believe got
0: released on tv as the return of maxwell smart you know when i think of the nude bomb i think of two things
1: i bet you they're the same things i think of
0: okay i take it back i think of three things two of them are pamela hensley and the other and the other one is um standing in line for the empire strikes back the Saturday morning, I think it came out on a Thursday or Friday. I had school um, still, and I got there Saturday morning. Like my, my dad dropped me and uh, my buddy from up the street uh, off at, like 8 a.m., Whatever it was, little McDonald's, uh, uh, little McDonald's um, uh, hash brown in my hand kind of thing. <laughs> and we stood in line for the 11 a.m. and you know, that's the hour, sustenance you'll need in that line, right. boy. And I think to myself now. Was I wearing a watch? Like, how did I know? Like, I think about those things now and go, my dad dropped off a nine-year-old kid and his friend, who was a couple years older, in front of the theater and drove off somewhere for three hours. Oh, yeah. Come back and get us at the mall. And I'm like, was I wearing a watch? Did I have, like, a tracking device on my neck? Like, how did they, how did I know where to go, to what exit we'd be at? Oh, you, you, me, same. I don't
1: know how my mother found me yeah, yeah, it's like
0: you know. So even stand did I have to pee? We were in line for like three and a half hours waiting for the first showing, and we were you know, in the line went around the building. Did I ever have to pee? Did I did I you know did I go to the bathroom that morning before I left? That like all these things that you just now it's just like we're so connected to our phones that you just go I'm gonna I'll find somewhere to pee. I can take my phone and you hold the space in line and I'll go. You know, I was a kid, but I remember the poster being the 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 empire poster was there and that was the one of the first times i'd seen it and you know han is is like you know romantically looking at leia mm. and i said to my friend like hey do you think Mamie's like no i don't think that's ever going to happen i was like okay well i think <laughs> and he, he was, was right and he was right and then and then next to it was the poster for the nude bomb and it, and and i had like a surface knowledge of get smart i'd certainly seen it a bunch of times um But I remember, you know, of course, as any kid, you're like, "Are they really gonna get nude? Like, is there gonna be nudity in this? Like, I don't they, <laughs> can they get away with this in a PG movie? I don't, I don't know if they can do that." Uh, so that's that always makes me think of of The Empire Strikes Back. That and maybe and I'm by gonna, the way, if
1: you try to Google the nude bomb, you will get naked ladies. I, yeah, I I wanted
0: to see the poster, and I saw yeah
1: more than I hoped for. Um down to <laughs> nude
0: bomb movie. Yeah, yeah. And even then, Lesson take, learned. Even then you're taking a chance. Oh, like,
1: actually, no, that doesn't help. Although there is some pictures of Pamela Adams.
0: Uh, I saw it once. <laughs>
1: I still do not know what the poster <laughs> for this movie looks like.
0: Try, try Nude Bomb Movie 1980.
1: How about I put Nude Bomb
0: Movie Don Adams? Not porno. I do not want to see Don Adams nude. Oh, well, there's a porn star called Don Adams that you're not Shoot. aware of. Yeah,
1: actually, no, I, boy, this is one of the worst
0: posters I've ever seen. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's and so I saw the movie, I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I oh, saw no, it. Oh, no,
1: it played on TV umpteen times. Like, he aired it a whole, yeah, it's horrible. Terrible. And, and by the way, there's absolutely no one left from the series other than Don Adams. There's not even Barbara Feldon. uh. Oh. And and in fact, this movie I don't think counts in the pantheon of Get Smart, um, canon. Because I
0: was going to say it's not canon. This movie's not not
1: canon because they did uh a they did another uh, Get Smart movie. I think when I was in, I think I was almost in college, like eighty eight. I think they did called Get Smart Again or something like that. And they they brought back. No, no, it was a TV movie. Oh with don adams with don adams and you know it was around the time that they were doing all those reunion tv movies right and um that you know one? That, that included like return to mayberry and that one was really good and then apparently what ended those was the Dobie gillis tv movie that was so horrible and you know <laughs> that's, that's, I, i'm that's sure twice. you would like me that's, where you what, what the frick is go dobie gillis you know that's
0: twice in two podcasts back to back the dobie gillis has come up i'd just like to point that out
1: it's there's no pattern to
0: that that's, there's no other podcast You're out just there just being paranoid like that um uh i'm not bringing the there was apocalypse. Also, it was also that also got another series the Get Smart was like a syndicated show. <laughs>
1: no, it didn't. It was a Fox show.
0: Was it a Fox show? The, the, and, the one, yeah, Andy it Dick? was a it was a Fox
1: show with Andy Dick. And Andy, Andy Dick, Dick famously <laughs> he took it, but then um, News Radio came up and they offered him the job of being Matthew on News Radio, and he was technically signed for you know if that Get Smart thing got a second season. Mm-hmm. And he was like, sue me. And of course, that Get Smart thing just super bombed. Like, I think they they dropped that in like the winter of '94, oh, and
0: it was horrible. And um, I didn't know that it, was a Fox like, show. yeah, it was a Fox show, and I thought it was like in one of those because there was a lot of syndicated stuff. Yeah, did I, I you know?
1: it it totally smells like a syndicated reboot. Yeah, type did, show. Did you know there was a a, a weird science? Yes, show? oh yes, no, I love that show And we're going <laughs> to talk about that on TV shows Based on movies 88 episodes <laughs> Yeah, Vanessa Angel's on that show Yeah, no, I love that show I um, News to me Yeah, well, and so, you know what? Who else it was news to? Johnny. Hughes Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I guess he was just like flicking channels Oh, no like, way Oh, I see
0: <laughs> Oh my god Yeah yeah, oh, yeah. that's hilarious!
1: Yeah, um, but <laughs> we'll, have, we'll get into that into a future episode. But uh, the nude bomb is, for me, the only memorable part of it is the fact that they have a shootout at Universal Studios. Wonder if that was a cost-saving measure? Yeah, um, where they but... sh- they have a shootout in the Battlestar Galactica. I don't think it's in the Jaws ride, but
0: yeah, the Jaws. Battlestar
1: Galactica thing and and
0: the Jaws ride which seems like it's 15 minutes of the yeah. movie. Like it's the way it's shot. is just like, it takes forever to mm. get to the gag basically, you know? Um, yeah.
1: That, that whole nude bomb movie was definitely like a cash grab.
0: Like and at that time
1: I watched get <laughs> smart
0: every day. There's people out there that, that are obsessed with universal studios. Me too. And, yeah. And you know, the, galactica ride which i did i think i have some blurry photos i tried taking as i was going into the ride uh you've got oh, pic- yeah, i have a pile of slides from that ride on my desk right now and I, you've got the picture of me standing out in front of the store with the cylon oh baseball. most definitely
1: it'll be on the back of a toy venture soon
0: and uh and um they uh uh there are people that study that scene to because there's not a lot of images out there from yeah the galactica thing and people kind of study that scene to, get, <laughs> to There's get a really great commercial for the
1: um that universal ride and it's got lenny Weinrib doing mm. the voice of the imperious leader and the imperious leader costume is amazing the mouth moves and you're like why wasn't this on the show oh wow <laughs> yeah um it would somebody posted it in the pod stallions group and i was like that makes no sense. Like, I, I didn't understand why I had a, a mysterious, uh, imperious leader figure because he was never on the show.
0: Does he say, "Hankin' for a hunk of cheese? Hankin' for a hunk of cheese?" Wasn't he always? Also, wasn't Len, Lenny Weinrib that guy too? The little, the mm-hmm. little guy, like guy looked like Time a, t- for a t- timer. Timer, yeah. timer, timer, the testicle. Just walked around, weirdest looking little creature for Saturday mornings. Tell you how to make. Ice cube lollies. He he.
1: To taught, well, well, who taught you to make a Saturday? You know, instead of a Sunday, it was a Saturday. And
0: oh, you know, like, yeah.
1: I forget what. That
0: is. I don't know the ingredients, but I think it one of them is weed. I, is I thought
1: that? I thought there was some pineapple
0: in there, which is like a no dice for Brian. Me, um God. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that. But. But. But did you ever see the Steve Carell one? Yes, and I like it. It's I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun actually. It, yeah. it was he had that time where it was hard to find like the right vehicle sort of and Get Smart seemed to be a thing that they announced and I saw a photo from the set and then the movie came out 7 years later or something. Like yeah. it just seemed to be this thing that just took like he he committed to it years before it ever came out. And, and it,
1: it was it was perfect casting for him. It's actually a pretty funny movie. My my biggest problem with the film's casting is, um, you know, Terrence Stamp as Siegfried. And I love Terrence Stamp, but he's not a he's not Bernie Capel. Like it's there's no comedy to him. No. And 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 I think it would have been more fun to have a different, uh you know, character actor to play off of Steve
0: Carell. Yeah, I forgot. You know? Stamp. In that. Although Stamp yes. is very funny in in Bowfinger. No, I it's, it just doesn't work. He just it doesn't, doesn't work in this though. Doesn't in great this in it doesn't work in this. Hathaway is a great casting She's for- perfect as
1: yeah. Barbara Eden. Yeah, no, that works really, really well. Yeah. But um, yeah, just and, and I don't I don't dislike the film. I think it's actually really well done. Yeah, um Adam Alan right. Arkham Alan Arkin is Alan Arkin. great as the chief. Yeah, I forgot he was in there. And it was fun to have The Rock in a movie where he's not the good guy. Spoilers. Um, oh, shit. he just ruined that for. I'm sorry. But think... yeah, it's, it's a good film. And, um, you know, I think I don't think we're going to ever get through this list in one episode. But I would like to talk about one more spy series. Sure. Uh, for this episode. And then we'll call it quits because we've been talking for a while. Have we? Well, um, we
0: talked for a while before we recorded, to be fair.
1: That's fair, but I started recording when we started doing the show. So okay. we'll make sure you cut I, all that. Out. Yeah.
0: Cut all the cut all the insurrection. I out. I'll get all your your racism. Put. Please do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the Dutch people did to you, but anyway. The usual um, the man from Uncle.
0: Oh, yeah, god, I almost I thought for a second I'm going the return, the TV thing, but yeah. no, the, the movie. You and I are both fans of I the- cannot believe the how ignored that got. I I well, now it's got a huge albatross around its neck, unfortunately, because of <sighs> But you
1: mean I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I I live in a cave. A- cannibal cannibal eat people but um
0: yeah no uh, there, there might be a recast for the sequel yeah it? maybe but um but Cavill is wonderful in it like I think he I think it's probably the best thing he's done because he he's so assured in it but he also is is kind of doing a Robert Vaughn no thing. he's
1: nailing Robert Vaughn
0: you know he's it's doing
1: like- it in his voice but Robert Vaughn's cadence Yes, and and the best part about his solo is the best thing about Robert Vaughn was Robert Vaughn never looked like he was bothered by anything. Right, you know, yep. there's this this yep. quiet yep. arrogance about Robert Vaughn, and that was that was Napoleon Solo, where you, you he doesn't sweat, yep. he doesn't get upset, and yeah, Cavill nailed that. And to be perfectly honest with you, I loved the changes to Kiryakin. Yeah, making
0: I was, him a little bit of a thorn in Napoleon's side. Yeah, I liked. I liked the I, when it was over. I'm like, I really hope we get more of these, but I don't think we're gonna, cause because it didn't. The thing that it did uh, very well, I think, and we just we just hit this on the Avengers thing and uh, you know other sort of period type things, is it made it period. Mm-hmm. But it didn't compromise. But it didn't compromise. And it also wasn't full of CGI and explosions and, you know, roller coasters, you know, going like it was just like a good old fashioned, uh, you know, practical effects spy picture. And it really works for me. It didn't it it wasn't it wasn't trying to be a James Bond movie. Oh, no, no, no.
1: It was it was completely its own animal. And one of my favorite scenes in the film is when um one of the villains drugged napoleon solo and he just gets a pillow and he lies on the couch
0: yeah <laughs> he's like yeah. yes
1: i've done this before and yeah and i'll be fine i'll just lie here yeah and it's so funny to me you know it's um, right up to the line
0: of of winking it just yeah well that's right
1: what the man from it. uncle when it was its best yes was doing yeah. and um yeah, I, I loved every minute of it. Um and I loved uh Alicia Vikander oh my as God. the girl from Uncle. She was magical in that film. Yeah. And and Hugh Grant was great. Hugh Grant, and Mr. Waverly, he's perfect. And that brings me back to um when I used to watch Man from Uncle like reruns on TV, my mom would always point at uh the original Mr. Waverly, Waverly and say, "Oh, it's Topper." Yeah, from the yeah. Topper
0: Television series. Yeah. And um, but which, yeah, which, uh, you know the Topper movie, which inspired a TV series, which will be in our part two. That's exactly where I was going with that.
1: Very nice. But yeah, I love and and if you haven't, buy the Man from U.N.C.L.E. soundtrack. Oh yeah,
0: good it sound. It is excellent. Is it? Uh, um, it uh, it's not David Arnold. Is it David Arnold? Does the music? Mm,
1: I no,
0: not yeah. Although
1: I have actually heard um i actually have heard that music in other productions now Mm. uh because and i don't 100 percent know how they could do that but i've heard some of the music from man from uncle especially a a track called take you down in television commercials do
0: you know what's funny because um and i don't think i'm wrong about this Uh, if i'm not mistaken somebody brought it up to either guy ritchie or uh cavill on a red carpet or something, would you like to do? And they basically said, I'm there whenever, like if we can do it again, I'd do it again.
1: It's, it's, it's a phenomenal,
0: they said, But without, but without that other guy, whose name? Yeah,
1: can we, can we recast Ilya?
0: Because, you know. And then CGI another guy into the original films. Yeah, I did. I took my, that came out in I think
1: 2015 and my daughter was, she saw a commercial for it and she said, I'd really like to see that movie, and I'm like, really? Because I love The Man From U.N.C.L.E., and we went out and saw it, and we, we both really enjoyed it to the point where I've probably, between it and The Nice Guys, um, I, I've
0: probably seen them the same. Like about. Oh, the- wow, okay. Yeah. I've definitely seen, because uh, I have the, the DVD, The Man From U.N.C.L.E., uh, it's got some great extras on it, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen it several times. The Nice Guys be- has become a movie that I just Yeah. I just know it by heart, and it's just it just makes me if ever i'm down, no yeah. matter what's going on, if I can think of that or put it on
1: it well, i i'm I'm the same boat um but this is this is a movie that uh for a while there it was running on when my wife and I had cable um we would catch it, you know starting or ending mm-hmm. and she could go to bed, but I couldn't
0: like she doesn't understand the allure of the film at all um <laughs> It's an right. int- it's it's I, w- you know, I got to give credit that that they stuck to their guns as to what the thing was going to be. They knew full well what they were making that, um, you know, when you think about uh, what's the other one, the franchise that Guy Ritchie. Because um, c- unless I'm getting the wrong director, but, you know, the one with uh, Taron Edgerton and um, uh, uh, Colin, uh, Fer- Colin Firth. You know the one, Kingsman. Isn't that guy Ritchie?
1: I don't think Guy Ritchie has anything to do with the Kingsman. No. Who the
0: hell's, who the hell's doing Kingsman then? Wasn't he? Doesn't he direct that? And it's like a, based on a, a Mark. Damn um, guy that did Kick-Ass, one of his comics. Yeah,
1: I think you're right. It's based on a. a oh, so it's a, not Guy Ritchie? Oh, no, for... and in fact. Um... No, it's bugging me. Yeah, I actually I've seen the Kingsman movies and their fun pop culture, but I didn't think Guy Ritchie was involved with them.
0: What am I, what am I thinking of that? But well, you know, saying that um, those are slam bang, those are larger than life, and
1: goofy. oh yeah, they're 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 like they're, they're almost like Roger Moore bonds.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like insane. Um, Matthew uh, Vaughn is the director of. Matthew Vaughn. Okay, right. Because Matthew Vaughn was the producer, was Richie's producer for years. Right. That's what uh, Vaughn, like, executive produced uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, and, you know, so then he went off to start directing. Um, but that's interesting because they're in the same kind of boat of the way they tell. I think Matthew Vaughn did uh, Layer Cake. I think that was his first movie. Oh, yeah, was, that's a good movie. Daniel Craig before Bond. But, um, mm. But the two, like, they're completely different animals. And, and Man from Uncle, he just kind of stuck to their, stuck to the guns. I mean, even the Sherlock Holmes things are, more, are far more slam-bang adventure from Guy Ritchie than Man from Uncle. They clearly had an idea to, to go, let's get close to the show and, uh, you know, make a very specific thing here. And um, I think it worked and it was great, but I doubt we're ever going to get get more of them, sadly. Yeah,
1: no, I know. I loved Cavill's performance in that movie.
0: Yeah. Actually, I liked everybody's performance, even, you know. um, I don't remember. I don't remember the name of the other guy. I I have no recollection. And uh, senator, and if you ask me any further, you have to talk to my lawyer. (laughs) When when the Lone
1: Ranger reboot came out, (laughs) um, uh, my friend Corey said something like, "Yeah, the Lone Ranger starring Johnny Depp and some guy," (laughs) and that was. That's what I'm just going to call him. Some
0: guy. <laughs> I will just say this. I will just say this as a not too tall. You no, know, not ugly guy, but, you know, I, you know, I'm I, i I'm a slow burn. If you're someone like that and you're that good looking and that tall and everything is sort of handed to you and you, st- you still, you know, mess it up. that I just go, well, OK, then just move aside because, you know, what more do you want? What more do you want? Like you walk in a room and everyone's looking at you. And you're not terrific in what you what you do, but you're working nonstop, you know, but he was but he was good as as the karaoke thing I liked where they went with that with the two the 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 being kind of um at each other you know for that was uh was great' watch it again yeah
1: no i i would i would highly recommend it it's it's one of my favorites absolute favorites, and I think that's where we'll end off, but I think this definitely has more juice in it so we'll probably do a part two in the coming weeks and have a little fun with that because honestly i mean just some of the films that we have passed up on in this are worthy of more conversation yeah and uh, i won't bring them up now because we'll just do the whole thing right now and i don't want to do that part two is part two will be only bewitched (laughs) <laughs> yeah. a scene by scene breakdown of a movie I've never seen and probably don't have any access to right
0: now and then part three will just go back to this it'll be a yeah. three part yeah. uh, well there you go there's some I, I knew this wouldn't uh...
1: no that was an easy sell
0: yeah sure. yeah 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 so uh, let us know what you think in the comments um, about us how wonderful we are but also about the show uh, the subjects What what's the best thing you like about me yeah what yeah. if you if we were making a movie about the podcast who would play us and don't mention the other guy that was in man from uncle if you're going to be casting it because <laughs> something tells me they're unavailable and I, it's going to be hard to get that one pulled off uh and uh yeah please uh like subscribe make nice comments watch um uh, plastic soul please and subscribe and pay attention to everything Brian does on the videos he makes Just pay and
1: attention to me in general. Pay attention I'm doing to stuff
0: in this fantastic magazine <laughs> and polyester pals. Woohoo. Yeah,
1: we you know what we probably should have opened with that, but yeah, we have dolls. Woohoo. Uh inanimate in action figures. I've got 3 of them in front of me right now and they're so fun and they've made my life better. There you uh, go. You that's you've got a pile coming
0: to you, sir. That's on the poster right there. I've got 3 yeah. of them in front of me and they made my life better. that's with right. More-
1: yeah, I, I my uh, my hairline has grown an inch. Are we sold out yet? Yes.
0: We're pre sold out. Fantastic.
1: <laughs> we're super. Nah, we actually have I, I've for a soft launch like I put it up on the site with no photos a few days ago because I mm-hmm. knew they were coming in. But I, I you know, I, I, I needed to photograph them and do that kind of thing. And I woke up that morning and we had sold like three sets. And it's like, wow, there's not even a photo.
0: Didn't we order three thousand of them
1: though? I ordered three hundred thousand of them. Okay, I'm well, really overestimating our popularity.
0: Folks, order some for, for friends. They make great yes. stuffers, even if you don't celebrate Christmas. Um, and they are delicious. And they are delicious. You can yes. you can melt them down and you've got a great winter soup. Soup not guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. I hope right. you're on for all of this because it's gold. Yeah, it's comedy
1: gold. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. All right. uh, Stop recording.